0: Welcome to Film School Radio, the on air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films, every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at FilmSchoolRadio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. On a cold night in February of 2018, police enter a home in a Slovakian village and find a bloody crime scene. The body of Jan. Kusiak, a 27-year-old investigative journalist, lies face down near the front door. In the kitchen is his fiancee, Martina Kusnarova. The killing of this young couple sets off a firestorm in Slovakia. Police investigations lead nowhere until someone steps forward with a leak that reveals the corruption at the highest levels of government. The film is called The Killing of a Journalist, and we're joined today by the director, Matt Sarneki. Matt, welcome to Film School Radio.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you. And this is such a compelling story. It has all the intrigue, all of the machinations of a spy story, except that it's all true. Let's talk about how you got involved in what we now know as this wonderful documentary film, The Killing of a Journalist.
1: Uh, Well, it's a little bit of a long story. Well, first of all, in uh, my previous film was about the murder of journalist Pavel Sheremet in Kiev, Ukraine in 2016. And in that film, I used forensic analysis of CCTV to identify some of the suspects and identify some of the mistakes that the police made in the investigation. So when the bodies of Martina and Jan were found, actually some of his colleagues and other journalists called me and asked me to come down to the crime scene and see if I could do something similar to uh, talk with the police and the neighbors to look at the closed circuit television uh, television cameras and try to figure out uh, what had happened, because typically in a murder, the first few days are crucial. So I went down there and the police were not very cooperative, not surprising. And uh, the neighbors and the local authorities wouldn't give us any of the CCTV. So it was kind of a, a non-starter. But at the same time, I met one of Jan Kuciak's best friends. Her name is uh, Eva Kubayonova. And she later became an investigative journalist working with the protagonist of the film, the journalist Pavla Holtsova. So the story goes, a year and a half later, when Pavla Holtsova was leaked the secret case file, I already had a relationship with Eva, with Jan's friend, and with Pavla. And they called me and said, I think we have something big. And they started to tell me what was in uh, the case file, mostly the text messages from the alleged alleged mastermind, Marian Kochner. And I went to Prague, Czech Republic to take a look at these messages. And I realized at that point, um, we really had an opportunity not to tell just the story of the murder, but put the murder in the context of this uh, corrupt, captured state and tell these stories together and i felt that was a way that we could make a really compelling and important documentary so that's the long road of uh getting there i mean it's more of the documentary it's cliche to say but the documentary came to me more than i i sought it out
0: let's look at slovakia in terms of its history since the collapse of the soviet empire back in the 1990s Mm -hmm. what what has the country been like and when you're investigating this particular murder and and the, ha, as it moves up into the highest reaches of the government, kind of give us a political background and, and foreground, if you will, on what, what we're looking at.
1: Sure. It's actually a really interesting uh, situation because if we look at the countries in the EU, most people look to the far east of the European Union, to countries like Romania and Bulgaria and say, well, that's where all the problems are at. And Slovakia had developed this reputation as actually a clean, functional uh, country because they had a strong economy, and uh, they kind of uh, flew under the radar. But in the late 90s and over the past uh, 15 years, the journalists, some of the opposition critics were saying, no, 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 you have this all wrong. Uh, Slovakia is a completely captured state uh politicians and oligarchs are funneling eu funds and other tax funds and they've basically uh created a system where oligarchs are are like basically puppet masters for the politicians but no one really believed them i mean even the eu they said no but look at it you know it's functioning there aren't protests uh you know it's it's one of the better states but it was really the murder that blew the lid off of everything uh right after the murder it was the journalists that came out and said we knew this was going to happen you know there was always this lurking under the surface and now it's in your face and one thing that they said is uh you know uh they always they had made these allegations against the police against the politicians against the judiciary saying they were corrupt for years but once the case file was leaked we could see that actually they were right so when we look at like put slovakia into the political uh, context like you're saying Everyone thought it was a model country. Everyone thought it was this uh, economic tiger. Um, But it was uh, economically successful, but largely dependent on EU funds. I mean, I think everyone that sees this film was like, wow, we had no idea. In terms of its functionality
0: as a democratic society, is it sort of a Potemkin village of sorts in that regard? Is that a way or is it? It seems to me from watching the film people exercise their right to vote they vote if they vote for people who i assume they think are going to look out for their best interest is it, but you're describing a very corrupt sort of behind well, no, the
1: thing is a, a corrupt state doesn't necessarily mean that the state is not going to function right. i mean it, it's it's not it's I, I it's this film is not just about slovakia i mean you can look at other countries in the region like hungary romania yeah uh, serbia where they uh, are certainly functional, but they have a large degree of corruption. A lot of people even now, and you can even say in the United States, they want stability. Yeah. If these countries can provide a stable lifestyle, that, that's attractive. And this is something that you don't know, and it's something that's happened recently. But the the former prime minister, kind of one of the bad guys who, who, who fell uh, during the protest and the prime minister which uh, succeeded him now they are polling one and two respectively and there's a very good chance that they could come back to power and for a lot of Slovaks that's very very disheartening you know the former prime minister has been charged with running a forming an organized criminal group and yet he's one of the most powerful politicians and may come back to power in the next elections
0: that does sound eerily familiar and
1: uh, (laughs) exactly. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, people like to say this is so different from the United States and they are completely different stories. But we do have, uh, I mean, if you look at, uh, you know, oligarchs running the uh, media in Central and Eastern Europe, we have Jeff Bezos who owns the Washington Post. Yeah, We have Elon Musk who uh, now owns Twitter. I mean, you do have these people that are very high wealth and very influential and are using their money to uh, uh, you know, affect the way that we get our information.
0: Yeah,
1: I don't want to go on a,
0: a rant. <laughs> yeah, no, I like don't want to. I'm, to I'm go. really, I'm holding back here. I, but I do think that what you said is true: is that people have become inordinately fearful, and they crave. Apparently, a lot of people now crave security over all else. Certainly. Whether, Certainly. and that is that is something that we need to address and we need to have a better functioning democracy which that's another thing too but let's talk about Jan Kusiak the journalist who's referred to in the title the killing of a journalist and how his murder factors into this much bigger broader story
1: well he he worked for a news outlet called Actuality.sk which is One, if not the most uh, popular or important news portals in Slovakia. And he was part of the investigative journalism department. He wasn't uh, one of the guys or the girls that, you know, was, uh, you know, out there in front of the camera, uh, like some of the other journalists. He had a kind of a low profile. He was very... Humble. And he wasn't doing the flashy work. He was doing the numbers work. He was going through public records and uh, pointing to this isn't right. This isn't right. Look at these numbers. What's going on? And he uh, was largely focused on something called VAT fraud, which you wouldn't be familiar with in the United States because you don't have VAT. But let's just say it's, it's a certain form of tax fraud. He wrote primarily about uh, high-level politicians and the oligarch Marian Kochner, who was later accused of uh, ordering his murder.
0: Was that story getting traction with people? Were they paying attention to it? Because it got the attention of the people in power to some extent, but was it resonating with people?
1: I would say that people kind of assumed there was a degree of corruption within these oligarchs and this, uh, especially Marian Kochner. Marian Kochner, the Q's mastermind, was very, very flashy. You know, he was uh, driving around in his, I think it was like Ferraris or Lamborghinis. He was always holding these press conferences and it was very uh, pugnacious with uh, other journalists. He liked to be uh, at the center. He was kind of a typical, what we would say, like 90s uh, style post-Soviet, let's say controversial businessman. He wasn't even like the top oligarch, but he was just very, very in your face. And he had problems with Jan, of course. Uh, There's the famous uh, phone call between Jan and Kochner, where he threatens to dig up uh, information on his family. But still, no one really expected that in 2018, you would have a murder inside of the European Union. So even though everyone, you know, knew the level of corruption, it's just you, you don't murder a journalist that's uh, going too far, especially when we talk about uh, why there was such a, a huge public backlash, why it brought in tens of thousands of people to the, to the streets. I mean, he was young, 27, with his fiancée, and they killed his fiance alongside of him. And that really, really res- hurt people uh, and upset people. And... Uh, you know, this was at the same time there was an unfinished article, which he was writing with our protagonist that connected the former prime minister with the Italian mafia. And people just said, this has gone too far. One interesting thing that's not in the film, and some people say maybe nothing would have happened if the assassination had been executed properly. The original plan was just to have Jan disappear, not to murder him brutally alongside his, his with his uh, fiance. But those that have confessed have said he was just supposed to be kidnapped, probably killed and buried in the forest. And if that had happened, you know, maybe people would have said, oh, he got cold feet and was scared about getting married or uh, his fiance wouldn't have been killed next to him. And to be honest, if that had happened, maybe there wouldn't have been such a public outcry because there have been previously some other journalists in Slovakia have disappeared. You know, it's, it's not necessarily criminal, but when you find uh, a young couple uh, about to get uh, married, brutally murdered, that's a, yeah, that's a little murdered. different.
0: By the way, that is something that points to something else, which is under the radar for a lot of people, but around the world, journalists are under attack. There yeah. has been a slew of journalists over the last, I'll say, 10 years that have, yes, particularly in Mexico and South America, Central America, but around the world, journalists are being killed on a yeah. fairly regular basis now and it's something that we've gotten used to I think or some countries have gotten used to the idea and it it strikes at the very heart and soul of our ability to function as a democratic society if we do not Certainly. have journalists I just want to get that in there because it, it really, is it's really
1: really important I mean especially because you know over the last eight years there have been these populist politicians not just in the United States where you know we have that phrase journalists are the enemy of the people but a lot of different politicians are trying to turn people against journalists. Yeah. And that's really, really uh, disturbing because that's one of the fundamentals of functioning uh, democracy is freedom of the press. And yeah. it's the first thing that Vladimir, I mean, what, what did Vladimir Putin do to prepare his country for war? Criminalize the free press. Right. Um, and when we see other, uh, let's say, democratic countries slowly uh, going in the same direction, that's really, really uh, terrifying, at least from my point of view.
0: It should, it is, it should be for all of us. I don't believe you can have a democracy without a free press. I don't think it's possible. So there is all of that. And as you said, brutally murdered, Uh, the the girlfriend was shot in the head in the kitchen, and he was shot immediately upon opening the door. And just, it it was just cold-blooded assassination. The reaction to all of it, again, it's all in this film, by the way, I do want to just let everybody know that we're talking about the killing of a journalist, and we are talking with Matt Czarnecki about this. Even though we're talking about uh, another country, the language, et cetera, et cetera, the film has some really interesting good people and not such good people who are pretty upfront about what they've done in the film. So it lends a lot of credibility to what we're talking about here, and as well as just makes for a um the kind of film that just pulls you right through the story so uh, my congratulations to you on the on the filmmaking as well as the the journalism here so
1: thank you very much
0: very curious about the reaction the film if it's screened yet in Slovakia has it been seen
1: the film has not been screened in Slovakia yet the premiere will be in February of next year which will be the five-year anniversary of the uh murders and it will have a theatrical release in both czech republic and slovakia and when i say theatrical release it's going to be going to dozens and dozens of different uh, cinemas throughout both countries it's not going to be an art house release it's going to be a, a massive release so I, I think we're all very curious to see how, how uh, uh the country reacts but it did premiere at carlo vivati its european premiere was at the carlo vivati international film festival in uh, Czech Republic. The Czech Republic and Slovakia have a very uh, intertwined history, so a lot of people from the Slovak press did come and were able to uh, watch it. And uh, the one good thing about the film is most of the reviews that I read in the Slo- Slovak press have said we nailed it. You know, it's it's a very very complex story with so many different layers. They said like this is this is the accurate portrayal along i mean that's just not that along with the parents uh, of both yeah. the victims they said you know this this is the film that we want everyone to see about it the different uh, media in slovakia have uh, encouraged even though everyone in slovakia knows the story to some extent they really encourage people to go see it because there's so much that uh, has not been released to the public that people can see uh, for the first time in this story and we have exclusive access to so many different media files from the police file and also uh Marian Kochner's lawyer uh the alleged mastermind's lawyer participates in the documentary and he's a very enigmatic uh figure in Slovakia and people are very uh uh keen to to see what he's like on camera um and we so, yeah, human yeah, beings
0: uh, we human beings like information in a concise way we liked it all kind of you know fed to us in a way in that regard you have a lot of the uh, relevant information right in front of you and any trepidations about stepping foot in Slovakia or do you feel like you've ruffled some feathers or is or
1: I don't know first of all if you are scared you don't say you're scared <laughs> um, but that, that's, to be honest I'm not on the front lines it's uh the journalists that are still working out there um that are still reporting on uh the situation and these guys that are really in a much more tenuous situation than I am I'm more curious about how the politicians that are featured in the film react, because uh, you know they they're trying to make a comeback. It's not like uh, you know they've been shamed and charged with these crimes and decided to you know take a break from politics. They want to come back to power. Everything's true in the film, but just the way that it tells the whole story of you know their reign of power and how they came to power and what happened under their watch. I, it's not, to be honest, it's not a flattering portrait, and uh, I'm sure there will be some trolls. I'm sure there will, especially since it's going to have such a wide release across Slovakia. They deal with information war warfare, yeah. and uh, this is information that they probably don't want uh, most of the people in the country to see.
0: Well, people like Pavla Olsova she is a person that I think you were describing, in a manner of speaking. Yeah, there's someone who has put their life into their work. Into their investigative journalism, is the film being released before or after the election you were describing earlier?
1: the The elections aren't for I think they aren't planned for an, uh, uh, two years. Okay, but there could be early elections. Um, this is again something that you you wouldn't see in the United States, but in Europe, if a majority of people in the parliament uh, you know call for early elections, elections can happen next month. So there's always the uh, uh, let's, let's say the threat of early elections, but there's always the possibility of early elections. Um, but yeah, I didn't make this film to a- a- affect politics in any way. I don't want to be. I'm happy that there aren't elections for an, for two years. So the film isn't going to be accused of trying to, uh, you know, influence anything. I think it's more of a, it just it makes it appropriate for it to be released on the five year anniversary. And I know that the uh, families of both the victims want it to be released at that period along with uh, Jan's former uh, boss, who also appears in the film, Peter Barty.
0: We need functioning democracies. We need democracies. We need countries that are functional, that respond to their people in ways that they're not essentially a, a kleptocracy. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're seeing around the world, a lot of kleptocracies taking over and supplanting our democratic processes. So...
1: Well, this is what some people ask me what I think this film is about, and I think it really is about the precariousness of democracy and how important it is, these institutions like freedom of the press, how important they are to uh, protect this democracy. You know, some people are very upset because there was a big call for change in Slovakia after these murders and after everything came out about the corruption of the judiciary, the police. But to be honest, you can't just fire all these people and start from scratch. If you want to fire them, you have to build a case against them. They have to be charged and tried and go to trial. And it takes a long time. And uh, I think people are a little bit impatient. Um, I mean, it's, but it's hard. And so it's if they had gone and just fired everyone or thrown everyone in jail, that wouldn't have been democratic. That wouldn't have been uh, adhering to the rule of law. And that's one of the challenges. Democracy is slow um and that really really uh is difficult you know even when we look at uh, elections you know everyone's looking at you know what happened last week you know what what happened over the last month how has the economy been doing what's the price of gas for the last 6 months but right. you know that's not how the uh the world works and it it's hard
0: unfortunately that is the way things work once again this wonderful documentary film called the killing of a journalist and we have been fortunate enough to talk to the director his second featured documentary film that would be Matt Sarnecki. Matt thank you so much for spending a little time with us today on Film School Radio
1: no thank you so much for having me it's been a pleasure
0: you've been listening to Film School Radio the on-air online showcase for the best and in independent documentary and foreign films